Well, when you hear that theme music, it can mean only one thing. It is time for Brooklyn Paper Radio recording live from the Brooklyn Paper Building in downtown Brooklyn, America's downtown. I, of course, am your co-host, Gersh Kuntzman of the New York Daily News, joined, as always, by my colleague and cohort and friend, an attractive man, Vince DiMaselli, the editor-in-chief of these Brooklyn Papers. As you know, every week... Sponsored by the same old people. Village Care Max to live the life you want to live. Atlas Steakhouse to eat the steak you want to eat. And of course, Dr. Joseph Lichter, DDS, to have the teeth you want to have. We have a big show. We're going to have future mayor Sal Albanese calling in. We're going to have Daily News reporter Greg B. Smith to talk about the BQX connector. Ooh, that's a big story. And of course, we're going to have Lenore Skenazy, rhymes with crazy. That's it does columnist for the Brooklyn paper. She's going to talk to me about my dating life uh-huh. and my parenting for failures. But first, <laughs> I would be re- <laughs> She is. The first thing we should talk about on the show uh, always is, is your dating life and your relationship failures. No, it was my dating failures and my... No, my dating life, which is exceptional, and my parenting failures, which are not. Anyway, but it, I would what? be remiss if I didn't start the show the way I always do. Vince, how are you? What are you up to? What's going on? Well, you know me, Gosh. I, it's... It's always jam-packed. Always. It's, it's always jam-packed. we got a lot going on here at the papers, you know. Uh, we were doing a lot of work. I was working with Queens this week a lot and uh, helping them out. because You don't really have a story. They had some issues there. I set you up and you don't really have a story. Uh, they were doing some things over there and I was trying to help. And well, uh, it was very nice of you to do You know what I am, Gersh? You're, you're a problem solver. Yeah, you know who I am? You're uh, Johnny on the spot. I'm Michael Clayton. Michael Clayton. I am Michael Clayton. Have you seen it? Well, I know George Clooney's stars in it. Yeah, well, I, not a, yeah, I could have played that role. Well, you're going nowhere with your story. I want to. I lived. <laughs> I lived the role, Gersh. Can I tell you about a dream I had last Somebody night? Somebody tried to ex- explode my car the other day. Is that a word? Uh, blow up your car? Yeah. They tried to explode it. Yeah. Yeah. It oh, I guess so, right, here's our first oh, guest. Someone, someone's at the door. Who is it? I guess they're locked. Oh, out. it's our guest. Can you can you get the door? We're gonna send Jimmy, our producer, over. Jimmy, oh, good job opening the door. Lenore rhymes with crazy. I have Come been. On. We're, on, we're on the air. We're on the air. Oh, okay, well, Come on in. Get put your put your jacket over there. I love it when this happens. Four Anything th- can happen. You never know what's going to happen, Gersh. You never know who's going to show up at the Park Slope Food Co-op. Is that what they say? Is that how they sing it? Lenore, I would like to, everyone to know, for the record, on the record, on the air, live. I have always been a huge fan. A huge fan. And as you know, I work at the Daily News, huge. Lenore, where your legacy is a mixed one. Frankly, really, uh, you know, in all seriousness, every time I run into someone at the Daily News, I don't know if it's going to be a pro Skenazy or an anti Skenazy. So it's a lover or a hater. It's a lover or a hater. Really, but I love her. I always have. But Lenore, before you sit down, get settled. You know what? I didn't bring any of my notes to tell you all the crazy things I wanted to tell you. Okay. Well, we, we're going to make them up. But okay. before we yeah, start, we'll just make it up yeah, I, yeah. I brought you a water there. Oh, it's water. sparkling. Right. No, no expense spared. Yeah. No, Thank it's sparkling, you. and I got it from the publisher of of the Courier uh, Editions. Uh, hey, I like the way Lenore just slipped. I like the way Lenore right. slipped off her ear, her her Ear-earings. earrings. Very you know, nice. She's any, a pro, yeah, folks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If go. you have any clip-on earrings you want to get rid of, I'm the one who still wears them. Okay, yeah. clip-ons. Clip-ons. Hmm. I don't know if you heard, Lenore. We're going to talk a lot about your latest projects, your columns, your parenting, my dating my life. My parenting. Don't talk. We're going to do all of that, but <laughs> I don't know if you heard. Earlier this week. Earlier this week, the race for the mayor's office was shocked. And, and blown up by the announcement by Sal Albanese, former Bay Ridge Councilman. Remember Sal? I remember the name. Yeah. Okay. Well, remember he's Meadow. running for mayor. He's challenging Mayor de Blasio, and he has agreed to give us the first interview. So we're going to oh call him God. right now. Yeah. Who would you have to kill to get that? Jimmy, wow. Jimmy, you got this? Please do <laughs> not try go. to pick up the number. It Just is, talk this is a yourself. number that is out there, and we're going to you know try okay. not to allow... People to hear the okay, number. Okay, we're good. We're good, Jimmy. That we're down. You can write. So, on Lenora, you can write on this piece of paper. Lenora, Yay, you can jump in if you have you. any questions for Sal. Okay. This is it. We're going right can into it. We have it. Sal right now. Yeah. Right. Ready? Listen. Hey, Gersh. How are you? Oh, Sal Albanese, you you're on the radio with Gersh Kunzman, Vince yeah. DiMaselli, and of course Brooklyn Paper columnist Lenore Skenazy. Sal, how are you? Very good. Thank you. It's great to be on with you guys. Well, of course it is, Sal. You sent shockwaves through the New York City political world this week. With an announcement. What were you announcing? I announced that I will be a candidate in the Democratic primary against uh, Mayor de Blasio. Oh, every time I hear it, it feels <laughs> like a shockwave. Now, Sal, you and I go way back. We've had coffee together at Cafe Cafe in, in Bay Ridge. Right. What do you bring to the table? Give me give me the, the well, nutshell, coffee. your <laughs> argument. Let me, let, me, let me first tell you what, what, I, what I think of de Blasio. I think that he's distracted. 
He's engaged in a number of conflicts of interest, if not illegalities at this point, and he's lazy. So uh, he's not, he is not a good mayor and should be replaced. What I bring to the table is uh, not only is this campaign about how bad the Blasio is, but I want to bring to the table ideas to clean up the political corruption, the political conflicts of interest in New York City politics. Uh, as you know, we have one of the most corrupt states Union, unfortunately, and it's because we have systemic problems. I mean, other cities are doing a lot of great things to clean up the pay, the pay to play mess. Uh, Seattle has a great campaign finance law, which I want to implement here in New York City. I want to, I want to open up the process by having nonpartisan elections so that uh, these Democrat, democratic machine doesn't control the process and keeps the keeps uh, suppresses the vote. I want to clean up the board of elections. Because everything flows from the political system. The, air, the issues that we need to address as a city, right? Traffic congestion, um, uh, the homelessness mess, which is being mismanaged by de Blasio, it, it all flows from there. The, the millions of dollars, hundreds of millions of dollars that are being wasted on, on uh, giving people uh, special treatment. For example, Rivington House, uh, which is being investigated, where $100 million was given to uh, a, uh, a developer who bought a building, and the city lost out big time because they they changed the, they changed the deed on there. But things of that nature, which are flowing from a really dysfunctional political system, and there are good people within the system. The problem is the system has to be changed. All right, hold on, Sal. You, you you hit me with so many topics. Let's stick with corruption okay, for a second. Are you saying to me that the mayor of New York City, Bill De Blasio, is corrupt? I am saying to you that he's mired in conflicts of interest and possibly, possibly uh, could be be in legal trouble because, Gersh, I'm not telling you something that's out of school here. It's all over the papers. There are several investigations into the Blasio's fundraising by the U.S. Attorney's Office. So this is not Sal Albany's, you know, telling you something that is uh, unusual. It's all over the papers. Yeah, and indeed, written by written by Daily News reporter Greg B. Smith, who will be on the air with us later talking about the BQX. Well, Greg, Greg Smith is, is one of the few great investigative reporters in the city. He did a great job on that series. So All right, well, so you just got Greg Smith's vote. Okay, but let's focus on you again, Sal. Okay, non, nonpartisan elections. It sounds like pie in the sky, Sal. How is Sal Albanese going to get me a nonpartisan election? Well, very easy. Uh, as soon as I become mayor, I will... Uh, I will commission a charter revision uh, commission, which I can do as mayor, yeah. and uh, have hearings all over the city, put it on the ballot. I can guarantee you, I can guarantee you it will pass. Like, I was involved with term limits back in the, back in the uh, 80s with, uh, with a bunch of other people. I was one of the few, I was the only Democrat who supported term limits. Yeah. We got it yeah. on the ballot in the past. Yeah, and the Not thing about... That term limit thing came back to bite us in the ass, Sal, because if it wasn't for that, you'd still be in government, my friend. No, no, no. You'd be the Speaker of the Council. And Bloomberg would still be mayor. I'm not a big big fan of staying in office forever. You know, I've got a life beyond politics. I don't need this job. Uh, and I don't think people should be in office for 30 years. Wait, I but, just don't. But, Sal, you've run before. Now, let's 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 talk Turkey. You have run for office <laughs> a lot. I feel like every t- four years I'm well, on the phone with you. No, not true. <laughs> no? Not true. When was the last I, time you ran? I, I ran in 2013. I came, I'm, don't forget, I was in the private sector for 15 years. Yeah. I left government in 1997 when I got 22% of the vote. I gave up my seat in the city council, ran for May, did very well in that race, yep. didn't win. Went into the private sector, and I've been in the private sector for, for years. What have you been doing? I was, I, I'm in a lawyer, I'm an attorney. You don't I, have to be ashamed. I, you hear how he sounded like he was ashamed. <laughs> don't forget, what, what, I always like to say that I was a teacher for 11 years. People hate lawyers, but I, I They love politicians. <laughs> All right, so you're going to be the you're going to be the next mayor of the city of New York. Okay, so that's what correct. you're going to do that commission, charter commission? Give me two other things that are going to literally, not figuratively, like charter commissions and nonpartisan elections. Two things that will literally make my life better as a New Yorker. Two things. One is I am going to address traffic congestions. The first thing mm-hmm. I'm going to do is I'm going to convene um, the top traffic engineers in the city and figure out how to best move traffic in this town so we don't have huge 
huge gridlock everywhere we go. Um, I also want to uh, lower some of the bridge tolls uh, through congestion pricing. Uh, For example, the Staten Island toll is is terrible and very expensive. Uh, Sam Schwartz has a great plan. Which I have, which I have adopted as my own. Ah. Uh, which mm. is going to make so it's still his. <laughs> it's still his, though. <laughs> no, it's a good plan. Sam's a friend of the show. All right, uh, so Sam, Sam, let me tell you something about Sam. I mean, he's got that's a great idea. It will it will also create create uh, money for infrastructure. Uh, one of the and I think we it would also not I think I, it will direct money to mass transit. You know, I take the R line. Uh, oh yeah, my, my sympathies, Sal. My <laughs> sympathies. Well, well, you know. It's jam-packed now, so we need more trains. We need better mass transit. I mean, that that is a very, very big issue. If the city is going to survive economically, we need great mass transit. Um, and, and it's adequate right now. Um, we need to do more. Uh, we need we need better cars. We need cars that, 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 that aren't packed, packing people in like sardines. Um, and those are areas that are going to make people's lives better. Oh, okay, what about you? Didn't say anything about housing, Sal. I'm paying thirty-four hundred dollars a month. Housing. Oh, you know, there's a great, there's a great article that just uh, that the ProPublica just just released today. You love journalists. Yeah, <laughs> that, they did a great job, uh, a deep dive into what happened to the, the most significant vote in the city council's history that has contributed to to unaffordable housing mm-hmm. in this city, which was the vacancy decontrol bill. Yep. And I'm, by the way, I'm vacant, I am I'm quoted extensively in the article because I, I predicted along with some others that this would, this would wipe out uh, a lot of affordable parts. Departments, the, the median rent in the city was about 600 bucks now. It's, about, then it was, it's now over $2,500, and it's terrible. People can't afford to live here. So I think we need to, not only besides not, not only build more housing, I think we have to we have to end vacancy control and implement rent stabilization around the city, where you know rents go up based on based on inflation and what have you. Because uh, young people won't be able to live here. Uh, I don't know. I don't know how they're affording apartments when they're paying four grand a month. It's really the income level to generate that kind of uh, of rent. Be able to afford that kind of rent is unsustainable in my, in I my didn't, opinion. I didn't hear a proposal to build new housing. How are you going to? You got to build well, supply and demand, well, baby. We got to have more housing. Yeah, I, I, that is that is something that I'm going to invest city money in directly, oh. directly, and also I'm going to I'm going to I am going to uh, involve nonprofit developers. I'm a big fan. You're familiar. You're familiar with this as I am with the Nehemiah houses uh, in Brownsville, which were built uh, by the EBC during the Koch administration. They built all of these affordable houses uh, that people were making thirty, forty thousand dollars 40000 a year could, they could afford. The city provided the land and the infrastructure. They brought in nonprofit developers and they built, they built uh, uh, affordable homes. Uh, not an easy task. Uh, the only affordable housing in the city right now is public housing. We have 450,000 people living there. We gotta make sure that that remains affordable. Uh, as well, but we need, we really need to, to, to look at this problem, build more housing, and also we need, we need rent stabilization uh, uh, and the end of vacancy decontrol. Hmm. Well, Sal, that I just... Easy, I that's an easy problem to solve, by the way, but, but solve it. There you go. I wanted to point out to you, I want to thank Gersh for letting you know who you're on the air with. You're also on the air with me, Vince DiMasselli, editor here at the Brooklyn Paper, and Lenore Skenazy, who is here. You might, you might recognize her name. Yeah, we've got a lot of, a lot of vowels. Yeah, <laughs> we're, we're doing it. We're doing it. But I noticed you, 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 the first thing you talked about was nonpartisan elections, and I would think the reason why you're really interested in nonpartisan elections is because, I mean, you've tried this before, and, and it's like the system's rigged against you. You don't have a shot. You've never been a, a favorite of the Brooklyn Democratic Party. And uh, I remember back in 97 when you ran against Giuliani, it was a struggle just to get even the Brooklyn Democrats to back you. And then they finally did. It just seemed like they were finally they 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 got behind you. And I thought you did pretty well. But my question to you, you're you're pretty much a fiscal conservative. You're tough on crime. You have no shot at the Democratic nomination. Why don't you run as a Republican? Well, because I, I don't, I don't, I, I've always been a Democrat. Because the Democratic Party has always been the party of working people, middle class people. But I, I, you're absolutely right. I'm not very partisan. I don't like litmus tests. Some of my positions are are totally um, 
you know, not accepted by certain. The Republicans don't like some of my positions. The Democrats don't like some of my positions. Bottom line is, I'm going to do what's right. But I think there is a there are a lot of, of folks in the Democratic Party who just don't turn out. Um, they 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 basically have tuned out. Don't forget, De Blasio was elected with eight percent. 8% of Democratic voters in the Democratic primary and 22% in a general election. So the, the, my objective is to, to raise enough money to get my message out to generate interest on the part of a lot of New Yorkers. By the way, there's a lot of opposition to what, what de Blasio has done with, the, with development in the city. Uh, there are a lot of neighborhoods that, that are complaining from Tribeca to Brooklyn Heights to, 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 to Fort Greene that these towers are going up and that the character of their neighborhoods has been totally eroded. So they're, 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 uh, some of them have gotten involved with my campaign. They like my proposals to clean up government because a lot of, unfortunately, as you've seen, uh, the developers have run amok under de Blasio by contributing huge sums of money. They practically own the guy. So uh, we, 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 I'm not against developers, but we need, we need things on the merits. Well, we got to, <clears throat> just so you know, Sal, we got a very busy show here in Brooklyn Paper. And I know you're down with the Brooklyn Chamber of Commerce getting some big award or making some big speech. <laughs> am I right? I will be there tonight, yeah. You're going to be there tonight. We got to let him go. Sal Albanese, last question. It's a simple fill in the blank. A vote for Sal Albanese is a vote for blank. What's the blank? Reform. Vote for reform. There you go. Reform. Well, thank you, you Sal. Thanks for taking time again. We were on the air with Sal Albanese running for mayor against Mayor de Blasio. Running for mayor against Mayor de Blasio. He was on with Gersh Kunstman, Vince DiMaselli, and of course Lenore Scanese. We're going to be talking about rhymes with crazy. Sal Albanese. Thank you. We'll be in touch during the campaign. Thanks so much. Have there. a great night. There All right. Best go. of luck to you. All right. We got. We got to let him go. The thing about Albanese, Scanese. Yes. Dimaselli. Oh my God! Here we go. Yes, what? I mean, he's no got quiz. that political thing where he can talk, and just when you think you're about to jump in, he says, "But of course yeah. I meant," <laughs> and then he's off to the races. Very hard to cut him off. No, he was uh, he was going on and on and on. But he was, you know, I've always liked him as a politician, and he always came across as a regular guy. He he wasn't a politician. He didn't wait for the term limits to come in. He left before it to run for mayor. And then just kind of walk away. Well, that's away. the definition of a politician, Vince. <laughs> no, I, I disagree. I disagree. Running for political office, I think Repeatedly. Yes, probably <laughs> does that. Yeah. <laughs> I think that he kind of disappeared for a little while. And, you know, he, he runs for mayor every couple of years because I guess he loves the job or it's something that he wants. The best job in the world. Yeah, it could running be. for mayor? No, no, being mayor. Oh, if you actually right, be the great. mayor. It keeps doing running. <laughs> now, speaking of great jobs, Skenazy's got Skenazy's a great job. Skenazy's got about 17 of Skena them. Lenore, Lenore Skenazy, just so you know, I go way back with her to Daily News. I told her this in the green room. I'll tell her again. Big fan. <laughs> huge fan. I don't know where all the bodies are buried at the Daily News. She probably buried some of them. Mm, but I love her. Wiggling, yeah. I always loved her columns. I loved her spirited discourse on television, on radio. She's going to be in talking to us about a lot of things, including why I'm a bad parent, mm -hmm. why I'm a bad boyfriend, mm -hmm. and maybe other things that other people would be interested in. But, Lenore, we welcome you. Yeah. And, and Thanks, it's just, I'm just happy to see you face-to-face <laughs> -face again. So lovely. Let's start off with you the... You bad boyfriend, you. <laughs> let's start <laughs> off with... Terrible the, dad. Let's start off with the toughest question. <laughs> yeah. Uh -huh. You have made incredible headway over the years with this free-range parent thing. I think you got a book out. You yeah. probably got a movie deal. A TV, a, a, show, it, a yeah. TV show. A TV show. All right. It all started with a column in The Sun? It started a column in The Sun. Why did I have a column in The Sun? Because I didn't have a column in The Daily News. All right. <laughs> I told you the bodies are buried. Now, so, Skenazy, let's start with the obvious. Yeah. Just tell, tell our listeners, because they're from Brooklyn, what's the free-range kids thing? Free-range kids is the idea that our kids are not in constant danger, so we don't have to act like they are. They can encounter, like, people on the subway. They can walk to school. They can cut their own food at a certain mm. point. Yeah, that'd uh, be nice. That, that'd yeah, be nice. really. Can they do their own homework? That's my question. You know, um, I, I say yes, and yet at our house, that was a horrible, horrible um, part of our lives, was trying to get one of our sons, I won't say which, to do his homework. And we ended up getting a lovely um, high school girl to just uh, sit next to him and force him to do it. That's all it is. School. It's the sitting next to him. It's the sitting next to him that I couldn't do. What? Yeah. What is that? They don't. Even, my yeah. son doesn't <laughs> even ask for help. He just needs you to sit next to him. I know. I know. What it's, is that? Um, I think it's the fact that they shouldn't be doing homework at all. I think that oh, homework oh. is way overrated, and I think if you give kids a lot of free time, they can figure out something that actually interests them, and then through that interest, they can actually develop reading skills and focus and curiosity, and I don't think you get it through a lot of homework. But what if the only thing they're interested in 
is, is video games. You know mm-hmm. what? So I went to this one school up uh, called Sudbury Valley School in um, Sudbury Valley up in uh, Massachusetts. Yeah, the valley up there. Taxachusetts, I call it. Taxachusetts. There okay. it was. And the students there, there's no grades and no grades, okay? So you're not going into first grade. You're not going into third grade. Everybody's lumped together in what used to be a beautiful and still is beautiful mansion. Mm. And they don't teach kids how to read. And believe me, when I got there, I saw a lot of kids playing video games. And then... I realized that they were all reading the instructions on the video games, and that's one of the ways they learn to read. Just sort of like when kids learn to speak, it's not because we're sitting there saying, now I'm going to talk to ya, ya, you. That's T-A-L-K. Uh, why is there an L? Um, to you. But you learn it talk. because you it's want talk. to communicate. Yeah, there's a W, right. You, w- you want to communicate, and it's all around you. And similarly, these kids, a lot of them learned to read at this school where there's no classes because they were playing video games. And then they would get bored playing video games, and then they'd go do something else. So I'm not sure that video games are um, the devil's playground. You know, mm. I'm listening to Lenore Skenazy rhymes with crazy, and I'm thinking you should be the de- Department of Education Secretary. <laughs> I mean, if you have actual insights, there we go. Yeah, you have yeah, insights I into parenting. No, no but I, I, I actually have insights more into how we got so afraid for our kids. And one of the things that we're afraid of is that they will fall behind. Um, you know, I always say the twin fears stalking American parents are that their children will be uh, kidnapped, raped, and murdered, or not get into Harvard. Mm. And um, I don't know what I'm more afraid of. <laughs> yeah, well, they're it's both pretty, pretty scary. scary. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I'm, I'm, I'm good, <laughs> good at the fears, but I, I don't think I have fantastic solutions for the education department, so I'll, I'll leave that to someone All right, else. but were you, do you think you were a good parent? Were, thank God, my kids... Uh, as far wow. as I know, are alive. Who is it? Um, <laughs> someone else. No. Okay. Else. How old are your kids again? They're so old. They're eighteen and twenty. Yeah. So they're, you they're, did. They're, you did your job. Wow. You, right, you screwed them up. I know. But good. I know. Really, they're gone. But you right. screwed them up. But good. But did you do a good job? I have no idea. I but mean, you lean I, back at night. You, you know, grab a whiskey. I don't grab a whiskey, and I don't lean back because don't I whiskey. don't like to even evaluate it. And I also think like if. The entire free-range kids movement were dependent on how my two kids are or aren't. That would be a pretty dumb move. Wait, are they both going to Yale? <laughs> Neither. Fail. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right, right, right. It wasn't Harvard either. Yeah. Uh, oh, I man. Don't know. I got to tell you. you I have friends whose both kids are going to Harvard, and I just had to have a very painful breakfast with them. Well, I, I got to say, I hmm. sit back with a whiskey. I don't know why you don't. <laughs> and I, I sometimes I sob. I sob <laughs> at what a lousy job I'm doing. Now, we're going to talk all about that. Lenore, stick with us. we got to pay a couple of bills. Oh, yes. Hey. And then we got to reach out to Greg Smith for a couple of seconds from the Daily Greg News because you, you heard what Sal Albanese said. Anyway, Lenore, you're not old. And i got to say, you're still a great-looking woman. I'm there just going to say that. That's right, because it's radio. But <laughs> you got Jimmy, put a picture of her up there, okay? Yeah. But, put but, an old picture But, up. Lenore, you got to know what happens when healthcare gets personal. Because you're going to get to that <laughs> Please age. Please do tell. Village Care Max is a Medicaid-managed long-term plan that helps you continue to stay at home and in your community for as long as possible. Basically, it consists of a team of healthcare professionals that work with your doctor. They set up appointments. They organize your care, your medications, etc. And you know what the best part is? It's part of Medicare, so it's free. That's always good. So free all you got to no, do... No out-of-pocket expense. All you got to do is call Village Care Max... At 800-469-6292 or visit them online at villagecaremax.org. And here's the best part, the slogan, Village Care Max, for the life you want to live. Wow. There you go. That is great. You know the life I want to live, Greg. <laughs> I know it every week, baby. <laughs> tie on the hog. Listen, went to the uh, went, out, went out to see um, Fiddler on the Roof this weekend. Oh, I saw that. Tradition! Too. Tradition! I that fantastic. Fantastic, right? Go to see it, and now we got to go out to eat afterwards. It's my wife's birthday. So what do we do, Gersh? What do we do? You go to Atlas Steakhouse. No, well, we try to find a place in Midtown. You can't get anywhere in Midtown. You can't get into anything at, in the afternoon in Midtown. So where, where do you You're go? Right. Right? you got to go to Atlas you Steakhouse. Go back I said to, to my wife, and I said, we're, we're going to Atlas Steakhouse. Because Atlas Steakhouse offers a unique dining experience. First, you choose your steak, and every cut is aged to tender perfection mm. on site. I'm getting hungry. On site. Then you can pair it with a vintage from their extensive wine selection or with the Atlas Steakhouse signature cocktail. They got this one called the Godfather. I like the Godfather. <laughs> He's had that. It's okay. good. I like All right? the steak. That's what I had. You can enjoy a succulent appetizer as their master chef crafts your choice cut as you desire. That's You mm. know when they say to you, how would Why you like it cooked? Why am I sitting here? Yeah, yeah, how yeah. How would you like that cooked? Yeah, yeah, yeah. How would I, you like I'd it? say medium. Medium? I go medium rare. Okay. Medium. I want a little red in the middle. Nope, nope. Okay. Then... When your main course arrives, you'll understand why at Atlas Steakhouse, they always offer you a cut 
above the rest. Atlas Steakhouse, 943 Coney Island Avenue. You can visit them online all the time at atlassteak.com. Now, just so you know, Lenore, before yeah. you go to any steakhouse in this country, you should go see Dr. Joseph Lichter, DDS, <laughs> because he's the guy who's going to make gonna- those teeth white and strong. And Here's able a, to chew. Yeah, exactly. It's important. So right. you, you, At you, Atlas, it's very important. Right. You've heard of things That's like Invisalign. You know Invisalign? I that, do, yeah. yeah. Normally, you'd pay like $5,000 for that. You'd pay $5,000. Well, at, at Joseph Lichter, you're going to pay $4,000. That sounds much better. Okay. It's a savings. Right. Porcelain you can veneers. spend the rest on steak. Porcelain veneers that you don't even need. Yeah. Usually $1,000. Mm-hmm. Lichter, six seventy-five. Yay. So why are you sitting listening to me? Go call Lichter right now. 718 718- 339-7878. You set up an appointment. 339-7878. He's at 1420 Avenue P in Midwood, not far. And you can visit him online at josephlichterdds.com. I love Lichter. Now listen, that was great. We've paid some bills. But Lenore, hmm. I did say to Greg B. Smith, we were going to reach out to him at around this time. Yeah, so yeah, the guys Jimmy, go I'm going to call him. It's a jam-packed show. <laughs> I'm going to give him a call. Try not to pick up this number. Although yeah, this one, not so much. 212. Yeah. yeah, no, just say it out loud. Two one two two one zero. There you Let's go. Let's all you call Greg Beesmith. All right, Jay, Jay, Jay. Now this is Beeson. Who's this? No, Greg Beesmith. Beesmith. Make sure he's loud. Not Beesmith. Greg Beesmith. Greg Smith. This is Gersh Kunstman from Brooklyn Paper Radio, and you're on the air with <laughs> Vince DiMaselli and Lenore Skenazy. How are you, sir? I'm fine. How are you doing, Lenore? I haven't talked Good. to you in a while. Yeah, great. Uh, I, I'm honored. Well, you, we're all honored. Gersh, you seem a little excited. What's going on? Well, we're very excited to have you because we were just on the phone with Sal Albanese, who's a future mayoral yeah. candidate, and he singled out your fine reporting this week on Mayor de Blasio's gravy train, his money train, the BQX. And you did some yeah. fine work there. It's on the front page of the Daily News. Just for our listeners, you don't know this, we've been talking about the BQX pretty regularly on this show, but tell us tell us what your story was. You found a little bit of a slush fund there, huh? Well, basically, it's one of these... Amazing coincidence stories. <laughs> there's it, it, there's there's coincidences, and then there are amazing coincidences. <laughs> so this one is the Jed Walentis uh, organization, uh, known as Two Trees, comes up with this idea to come up to create a trolley, which would go from uh, I guess Sunset Park oh, yeah. all the way up to Astoria, but all exclusively along. The Brooklyn waterfront, and at the time he hires our our pal Gridlock Sam to come up with a map to map out the potential route. And the route, when you look at it, has stops along the way. Like they, it, there's a little X there where they want to have this thing stop. Mm-hmm. And you know, it it, it does go by the, goes through like right by the maybe in the middle of the Red Hook projects, and it goes through Red Hook, but then it gets into the more um, refined uh, a- a- areas of downtown Brooklyn, and it's one of its first stops where Atlantic uh, kind of dead ends at the docks, is the Pier 6 development of Robert A. Levine. And it keeps going on up along underneath Furman Street, I guess, to um, Dumbo, and it a stop mm-hmm. is right by the Pier House, <laughs> which is this massive hotel thing that was built by the Toll Brothers, most famous for its um, decision that their decision to steal the view of the Brooklyn Bridge, and then it kind of roots through Walentis's Walentis Land, which is Dumbo, and it uh, kind of jumps around to the. Um, Brooklyn Navy Yard, where the Steiner Studios are located, and it goes right by the Steiner Studios, and then it goes into Williamsburg, and there, and then it happens to stop right by Walentis's other My. big project, which mm-hmm. is the Domino's Factory, uh, which is uh, a, a one of the biggest projects on the waterfront right now, and then it continues up and happens to stop right by another project. This one's called Greenpoint Landing. Mm-hmm. Then it jumps over the new beautiful Newtown Creek into Queens and Yay, winds its way through Long Island City all the way up to Astoria where it also dead ends essentially or actually kind of has a cul-de-sac and turns around and comes back right by another project. This one is called Astoria Cove. So I mention all of these projects because after Jed filed his incorporation papers, 
to create what's called the friends of the BQX, <laughs> there were a series of checks that were written to the mayor's campaign for One New York from the developers of each of the projects that I just referenced. And that's and the they are not little checks. They're big checks. And that's the amazing co co coincidence you were talking that about. That is amazing. It's an amazing coincidence. But it, now, this kind of thing, we've, we've been attacking the BQX uh, route for a number of reasons because of the right away. It's like ultimately a bus. You're attacking it on a on a ostensibly a uh, corruption level. Uh, Sal Albanese... I'm not, I'm not attacking it because I, I don't... I mean, the merits of it, there are it's very complicated. I mean, there are some benefits to it, for sure. But there are also some questions as to whether or not it would be functional. And that mostly has to do with the fact that de Blasio has embraced this thing and committed to, you know, backing a huge bond issue that would fund it. And then the city, by the way, would be paying for its operation and maintenance, not the MTA, mm -hmm. because the feeling is that to try to get the MTA to do anything would, you know, take basically 20 years. So, but it doesn't work unless you can get a free transfer, because it's, otherwise it's just back and forth <laughs> from one place to another, and then you have to get off and then spend some more money on g jumping onto the F train or mm -hmm. whatever. I mean, so, and they do not have a commitment from uh, Mayor de Blasio's best friend, Governor Cuomo, to have a free transfer on this thing. So that gets, that's the merits. My issue is only that he uses a lot of these things that when these developers need something, they often feel that they need to write a check to mm -hmm. his causes. And that seems to be what happened in this particular case. These guys also have multiple things they want from City Hall, not just the BQX. But the BQX would help their property value, for sure, if it ever happened and it actually hooked up with the subway system. Well, you know, Sal, as I said, Sal Albanese a, a minute ago on the show was talking about Mayor de Blasio as a potentially corrupt mayor. Do you think this and other, other examples that you've written about in the Daily News show evidence of corruption or is this corruption. just business as usual in new york city well corruption is a very specific term and corruption would have to i think would have more to do with him personally benefiting from this mm -hmm. there is absolutely no indication of that i don't okay. think this guy is a corrupt mayor in the sense that he is somehow trying to line his pockets that's the traditional use of the word corrupt you know like the yeah. people who the people who uh, engineered the brooklyn bridge they were corrupt mm -hmm. But in this case, he's, I think he's, what he does, he's a political operative. I mean, he purports to be a progressive, but what he really is is a political operative. And he has come up with many a sophisticated way to, to raise as much money as possible. So his abuse, if it's ever proved, would be of the campaign finance laws, which restrict the amount of money that people who do business with the city can give to a candidate to $400 in electrical cycle. Wow. And, elect, uh, and, and these donations were, you know, 5000 10000 25000 100000 So it's not that's, a person. That's not, what I'm looking at. Yeah, it's more of a campaign finance uh, thing than a corruption, the personally corrupt. Yes, you know, someone gave him a that, new kitchen. It's not that. To be the case. Yeah, but this correct. this money is going into a, 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 some not-for-profit organization that the mayor runs. Is that basically how it works? Can yeah, you explain the, it to us? The, the issue with it is that the it goes into the campaign for one New York. But the issue with the campaign for one New York is it seems to be very difficult to tell the campaign for one New York apart from De Blasio's political campaigns. And the reason that's true is because first of all, the fundraiser that he uses to raise money for the campaign for One New York, his name is Roth, Ross Offinger, is also the fundraiser for de Blasio's political campaign. And is and, and in for a number of months, anyway, was on both payrolls. So it's very difficult to kind of separate the two. Now, the reason that's important is because if, if Ross Offinger was calling up a developer and asking them to give to de Blasio's campaign, his political campaign, the developer could write out a check for $400 and no more. However, if Ross Offinger is calling up the same developer and saying, could you give to the Campaign for One New York, the, camp the developer could write a check for unlimited amounts. Hmm. So where does the money that goes to the Campaign for One New York, where does that money go? What is it used for? Almost all of it went back to political consultants that the mayor has used for years 
in both his political campaigns and in this thing. And that includes Berlin Rosen, which is one of the, well, by the way, which is one of their big clients is Jed Walentis. And they're, they're um, one of his secret agents, the agents of the city mm-hmm. that he uses as his kind of brain trust, that he has blocked the public from seeing communications with the head of Berlin Rosen, Jonathan Rosen. It, they're, they're, they're basically, they've been his, uh, by his side in his political consultants for years and years and years, and most of the money ended up with these guys. So what's been the reaction to these stories? Because as you know, de, de Blasio has denied it, de, denied any form of kind of quid pro quo or all that. Y- you must be the most hated man in this uh, watching city government. I try to be that every day. <laughs> and, and are you succeeding? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, it, the stories the stories were bombshell stories. They're on the front page, I think, three days in a row here at the Daily News. And, we, you know, we're all uh, rally around Greg B. Smith's desk and give him a little hat tip. Hmm. Yeah, I'm well, g- I mean, hat. Gersh, the idea is that although the independent press in New York City seems to be fading uh, into uh, oblivion, it's still it's our job to be the fourth estate. And I don't play favors with anybody. I mean, whoever happens to be there, that's that's who we're supposed to be paying attention to. Well, there you go. Well, Greg, Greg B. Smith, we got we to let you go back to doing what you do. We've got a big okay. story in tomorrow's paper, I'm sure. Thank you for being on the air, and I thank you for doing Happy the work to you do. do. It, Gersh. There you Happy go. To do it. And he's a Dumbo resident, by the way, Vince. Really? <laughs> Very nice. It's yeah, nice down there. You know what you need down there? You need you need some kind of train to get you to the subway. Yeah, I definitely <laughs> do, because otherwise I'd have to walk up the hill. Yeah, mm-hmm. oof, that is dangerous. There you go. Anyway, Greg Smith, thank you very much for taking the time. No problem. Jimmy, there you go. I mean, Lenore, when I talk to a reporter like Greg a Smith, a real reporter, uh, like right, no, right, right. thank <laughs> you for saying un- that I'm an unreal reporter. I appreciate that, but no, right. I mean, I'm an unreal reporter. He is totally in every way the kind of reporter we right. used to have, like dozens of. Yeah, I know. Uh, I mean, of different qualities, obviously, but he and like one other guy He's at the Daily News. He's actually so investigating. now you got two. But now right. we got two, basically. Right. Who's yeah. the other one at the Daily News? Well, you know, we got like Ruvain Blau, and we got Stephen Brown, we got a couple of guys, but but we used to Stephen have Stephen Brown, yeah. Well, no, Stephen no, Brown. Oh, Stephen Brown. What do you got to tell me about Stephen Brown? I love Stephen Brown. All right. Well, I do, too. Go. Anyway, the point is, he used to work with me. Lenore, you, now, we're back to Lenore for a second. Yeah. Yeah, these guys were great reporters. We are down to, I look in the newsroom, and Greg was kind of hinting at it. There's nobody in that newsroom. (laughs) There's nobody. He has the field to himself. It was very quiet. Yeah, it was, was he, he, was not, he, he was, was not calling from the bathroom, right? He was calling. No, he was in. Right, the, he was right, literally right. sitting in the newsroom, oh, and there right. wasn't a single editor with a whip and yelling. a gun yelling at him. I don't get it. Don't a whip and gun. Anyway, that was Greg B. Smith from the Daily News. I hope you'll read all his stuff at nydailynews.com. It's great stuff. Well, I was going to ask him when you hung up on him, Gersh. But <laughs> is it possible that that De Blasio is doing these things just because he's just trying to make the world a better place? Uh, that is exactly what he would say. Right. But uh, is it possible it's true? Well, of course. I mean, the campaign for One New York uh, does, as Greg said, has a lot of payments to political consultants. But in in theory, other mayors have In theory, have had what? In, what? In theory, what does it do? Well, in theory, you can use that money to promote New York uh, causes. You could p- promote the progressive agenda across the country, around New York. What is Fight he even supposed to do? Does I mean, he have? I don't know, look it up on the web. We got the web right here. Type does he have Kevin ambitions? Uh, does he have ambitions be beyond uh, New York City? Does Bill de Blasio have you, ambitions beyond New York? Yeah, I'm wondering. Yeah, he's got ambitions beyond New York. Remember when he took over? He wanted to be the national voice for progressive values. Right. Um, and That's why was, he didn't endorse Hillary. Well, mm-hmm. right, and then Not he ended up. Then he ended up right. trying to campaign for her, and she was like. You stay okay. away from me. And that <laughs> even even though she kept de Blasio at arm's length, she still lost the election, although won by three million votes. Anyway, so Vince is looking up on what they call the interweb, <laughs> a campaign Webs. for One New York. And they he's going to basically gonna have turn. a website. Wow. Well, wow, that's <laughs> hard to believe. Anyway, it is. we have a, a, a kind of a privilege right now, Vince, mm-hmm. to be with Lenore Skenazy. That's Rhymes right. Get off crazy. the computer. Yeah. yeah, get off the computer for a second. The thing about Lenore. I'm going to play a game. Hold on. Lenore, you okay. and I share something in common you don't even know. Uh, middle name? No. Okay. Nice one. You Dentist and I were, in Midwood? <laughs> were both taken off the scrap heap of New York journalism by Vince DiMasselli. And when That's I say That's right. When I say scrap heap, obviously I mean like the the, the, the tower. The scrap heap. Yeah, the tower. <laughs> but you were a great <laughs> the columnist thing with at the, the Daily rats News. Running around. Right. I was basically laid off by the post 
And in both cases, Vince saved us That's and said, true. I got a, I, I have a soft landing for you at the Brooklyn paper. <laughs> That's so <laughs> very true. And, and, let me, and let me put a shout out for to um, Seth Lipsky, who did that first for me after I got laid off of the Daily News. Yeah, Lipsky. Seth Lipsky was head of the New York Sun, and he took me on, too. So there have been a couple of uh, saviors out there, and Vince is um, number two for me. Thank well, you. Well, I'm, I'm going to just You're give welcome. Vince, I'm going to give all, the, Vince is never number two for anybody. He's, <laughs> he's number one, if nothing. But I will always give the shout out to Vince. But more importantly, you've been writing this column now for about a year. Here at the Brooklyn Paper, I right? have, yeah. Mm, yeah, and it's it's. I got to tell you something. I read it every week. Thank you. <laughs> I love it, but I want to understand. Uh oh. And I, we're going to get back to the whole parenting thing. No, then, no. I, actually, what's nice about writing my column is that it's not about parenting. No, no, no. Once but in a while, it's, it's about, about life. This week, these it's days. about scorpions. All right, what happened with the scorpions? Scorp- Oh, it was big. It was a big, big thing. <laughs> big what story. Let me tell you. I I broke this story. She did. The scorpions <laughs> are the are the red haired stepchild child of the arachnids. Of the arachnids. It's so unfair. I actually got a nice letter today, Vince. You should know from a guy who's an arachnid fan, and he was happy to see an article about scorpions so, <laughs> in the paper. How, how could you defend a scorpion? <laughs> well, here's the deal. Scorpions get a bad rap. There's tw- as I learned at the. I got I got to ask Gersh a question. I'm going to jump in. Okay. You get bit by a scorpion, Gersh. What happens to you? Yeah. Death. Nope. Nope, nope, nope. See? Such you got to suck out the poison, though, Such right? ignorance. How many of... Th- All right, so there's 2,200 species of scorpions. How many of them have poisonous venom? Seven. 45. Oh, so it's more. It's crazy. <laughs> there's so many of them. <laughs> it's dangerous out there. No, okay, so... Keep your kids away from them. So no, a regular but no, scorpion... But no, but there's this nice Queens family whose daughter was born loving bugs. She used to dig up millipedes in the backyard. Her name's Stephanie Loria. She grew up in Glendale. And she got herself to the American Museum of Natural History. They had a, a, an afternoon program for kids in middle school or high school. She just loved bugs. She used to, She wore a cicada... Uh, you know how the cicadas sort of shed their... Uh, Shell. That's the word. Yeah. They shed their shells. Echo. That's really hard echo to say. Skeleton. Right. Exoskeleton. 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 Right, right, right. So they shed their exoskeletons, um, and there's a lot of them when it's, just, uh, when it's one mm. of those years. 17. Yep. Mm-hmm. And she wore one of those on her nose to school. So she's an oddball, but yeah, so like charming. A, like and <laughs> it's like a breathe right strip. Like that. Yeah, yeah. except brown. Mm-hmm. And... Um, so she always loved uh, the. She calls them like the behind the scenes, like the the uh, the helpers who we don't ever notice who are keeping our planet going. Apparently, millipedes eat everything that's dead. That's right. They're real. They're the original recyclers. So they're really good. And arachnids, of which a tiny subset are the scorpions, and spiders get all the attention. And she was complaining. You go to an arachnid convention, and guess what? It's all spiders, baby. It's so spider-centric. It's just incredible. Wait, like, what's an arachnid convention? Is that like a Star Trek convention? <laughs> it's what a is? convention of people who study arachnids, which oh. are creatures with eight legs. I would call that a conference. Shatner, Shatner shows up. He does. <laughs> all right, so the 45 scorpions <laughs> The 45 scorpions. That are deadly are deadly. Well, no. Here's the deal. She also said that if you're an adult in reasonably good health. That's not me. And no, they <laughs> bite you. Um, or sting you, I guess. Uh, your chances of living are still quite good. If you suck out the poison. If you take an antihistamine, weirdly oh. enough. It's like, tra- I, you know, I travel with Benadryl so I can sleep at night. But if I was chasing scorpions in the jungle, I would travel with it even more um, determinedly. So the, the thousands of species of scorpions that are not uh, poisonous, are just, right, are they just still misunderstood. can sting you. They can sting you, but she's been stung several times, and she just sort of shrugs it off. They're misunderstood. They're misunderstood. No, but Although are they the, not the, by her. The example you gave in the column this week, uh, it's, it mentioned that the person who got stung had like pains in her arm. Oh, but there was like, one guy. Was it like heart was palpitations yeah, as well? So, all right, so she was in the middle of the jungle. How do you catch a scorpion? First of all, scorpions spend most of their time underground. They come out during the night. Oh, yeah, what do you call okay, it? Okay, and a scorpion motel. <laughs> that's right. But they check out. Um, they come out at night, and so you're in the middle of the jungle. In the middle, she's been on seven. She's been in seven countries looking for these things, and she was in the middle of Malaysia in a jungle with her mentor looking for scorpions. The way you find them is if you have a black light, um, like a flashlight. They phosphoresce, as I said in my column. They phosphoresce like a Jimmy they Hendrix poster. Wow. Yes, they glow. In a white room yes. with black curtains. That's not that's, Hendrix. That's, that's know, yeah, it's, it's, it's psychedelic. Right. Okay. It's, it sort of fits the scorpion thing. Okay. So um, anyway, so then you see them, but really what you do is you start out looking for, they, they shed little pieces of their shell, or there's exoskeleton. Thank, thank you. Yes, yes, Vince knows so much. Mm-hmm. Um, so you start looking for little pieces, and then when you're on the trail, you finally get to where you think there might be scorpions and you're shining your light and then you see one and you have to grab it with these 
tweezers. They literally look like tweezers, except they're the length of a chopstick. And if you miss, then you, and you're like she said, and if the plane is leaving the next morning and time is of the essence, you just, they're burrowing into their hole. You just stick your hand into the hole and hope to grab a scorpion. Yeah, no, that's not happening. So why, <laughs> why would you do that if you didn't know if it was one of those 45 species that was deadly? Because there's just 45. <laughs> you're doing very well with the number. Um, there's just 45, and, and the odds are with you that it will be, you know, one of the no, 2,155 other species. I mean, do that the math. That's, that's like one in a 30%, one in 30 one in chance 30. you're yeah, yeah, basically yeah. going to get stung to death. Okay, but no, you're going to get stung, but not stung to death, because even if you're stung by a venomous <laughs> scorpion, which is Perhaps the first time this has been discussed on this Brooklyn radio definitely, show. Definitely. Um, you're still going to be okay. So the guy she was with got stung, and she said that she he could feel he was losing sensation yeah. in his fingertips, and then it was going up his arm, and yeah. then his heart was pounding. But he took I said he she said an antihistamine, which I assume in my life has always Benadryl. And contact? she said, "Remember contact? Pull yeah, right, right. She took he took a contact. Right, yeah. the little pills go up the nose. Anyway, Tristan. <laughs> Is it. <laughs> this is insane. So, so, so basically, he Squirt almost died. No, he no, no. He didn't almost die. He had twelve agonizing hours, and then he was fine. See, so I thought, I thought that during the Saddam Hussein era, when we found him in that spider hole, uh, right. I thought that was going to be the end spider. of spiders, the spider hegemony over the arachnid world. I thought we were going right, to find right, a right, new right, like enough with them, no, right, right, yeah. right. And that's what that's what this woman, Steph, Stephanie Loria, hopes that the arachnids, um, that the scorpion will ascend hmm. to its rightful place. Well, well, you're a proponent of the free-range kids, so should <laughs> I get my kid, <laughs> my nine-year-old, a scorpion? just a batch of scorpions to play with in the backyard? I would say get your kid a backyard or send them out to play in the park. That'll do it. Um, they'll find bugs. I remember, Is just if I could just go back to the, <laughs> the free-range kids for a second. I thought we were going to go back to scorpions no, I because I think we've exhausted Lenora, everything I know about your, that. Your <laughs> You, I, I mean, want to know if they're making a comeback in New York. Are they? Are they? Are they in the park yet? No. The column, working. the column where you, I think it was like the first time this blew up, became a national issue, was when you basically had your nine-year-old on the subway. Let my nine-year-old ride the subway. Alone. That was that the first column you did that blew up. Yes, on the free it's the range. only. I have to say, unfortunately, it's the only column. I no, but I mean, the free-range yeah, kids right. thing started out of that column, right? Started out of that column. Why I let my nine-year-old ride the subway alone, and that's why. We, we, we give thanks to Vince and we give thanks to Seth Lipsky because I wrote it at the New York Sun after I'd been dumped at the Daily News. Well, but now, that was that an online thing? Was that like one of the first like online kind of... No, it was of online and it was in print. You know, it used to be, there used to be a, an in-print version of the Sun. I don't know. I remember that, but, mm-hmm. but I don't think up. any... Went, oh, yeah. yeah, no, no. What, blew, what happened is that, um, you know, I think the, the, the confluence of events is simply that, A, he was nine years old, so that's a single digit, and B... It's in New York, and everybody who has seen New York has seen it in the movies, and the movies, to make it look exciting, are much more exciting than our actual subways, which are just people stuffed with people all waiting for a train that's slightly delayed um, because of holding lights ahead. But in, uh, so you see the movies, and you see all this scary stuff on the subway, and there's always somebody, you know, screaming, and somebody with a giant tattoo on their face, and a giant rat is driving the thing. And so if you say you put your son on it, it sounds like you sent him into hell, as opposed to sent him on the sixth train from Bloomingdale's down to 34th. Is that, is that a union rat that's driving that subway? That's <laughs> a union rat. All right, but okay. that column, I have to say, was so massive. And it was, like you said, the confluence of events. But most important, it it has propelled you to great heights. You've that's got, true. You, you put a book out. Did, did you know, what's the uh, name of that book? Oh, uh, here, let's go. The name of the book, Free Range Kids. The name of the blog, Free Range Kids. Twitter feed, Free range kids and the movement. Free range kids. Yeah, I can't do when it. When I type Lenore. in free range, it brings up chicken. Yeah. No, I don't. Is it no, really? free range parenting is number two. Oh, number two. Okay. Wait. So if you te- wait, um, actually, I'm curious because I I can't tell from mine because yeah. it always knows that I'm. I always get going free range eat. chicken. And I get free range parenting. I love free range, range turkey, and oh then free range kids. I got to tell you something, Lenore. Wait, I have some other ones. No Type offense. in why I let my and see if it goes no, to nine year old. No offense, Lenore. Yeah. I, I love a free range chicken. <laughs> yeah, right. The, the free range kids are pretty tender too. Huh? Why no, I let my son play put, football? Put nine. Put nine. But why here's it? the thing, Lenore. Uh, if I get to nine, you mean forget it. Of course, it's going to be why not. That's it. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. yeah it's true. Not a lot of people. But Lenore, I and we got to get back to me for a second because that's what the show's about. And we're going to have to break for another commercial But I got a nine. Year old. Okay. Hey. As do I. There is there not go. a chance in hell I would put him on the subway. Not because I'm afraid, 
that he's going to get but hurt. But it's because it's been done. No, but yeah. <laughs> I can't get a book deal <laughs> out really of it. I'm really sorry, bud. <laughs> no, but the point is he wouldn't even know where to go. Wait, are I'm, you never on the subway with we're him? We're on the subway all the time. So he would know where to go. you got to give him some credit. That's the whole thing about free-range kids is that kids are smarter and safer than we give them credit for. No, but that's my problem, Lenore. We're getting back to my problem, not my kids' <laughs> problem. Right. I don't have the confidence in him. Mm. to let him make the mistakes he needs to make. And so I'm raising two millennial fucktards. I am. I am raising <laughs> two. Tough. Th- yeah, thanks. Thanks. It's really bad to the point where my kids, like I said, need to have someone sitting next to them to do their homework. Well, my nine-year-old rode the subway by himself and needed someone sitting next to him to do his homework. So it's not a, a yin-yang. It's not a yin-yang. See? Or maybe it is a yin-yang. It's a Possibly. yin-yang. <laughs> it's it's a scorpion. Buddhist, yeah. It's a Buddhist thing. <laughs> it's a scorpion. It's a spider. Anyway, le- I would like to just put on record, Lenore, that I think you are responsible for a, a, a just a great tone. Your columns have o- – you're a funny writer. There you go. A great person. And I would say you deserve the title of New Yorker. You're hey. a real New Yorker. Oh, I'm so pleased because I'm so envious of people who were born in New York because I was born and raised in Chicago and then the suburbs of Chicago. And I've been envious of New Yorkers mm. my whole life. I'm envious of my own kids because they were born in New York and I wasn't. And I wish I yeah. had a New York accent. It's funny, New York. It's funny, Lenore, should say that because where, where was I uh, born, Gersh? Where were you born? Well, yeah, where, where did Chicago. I grow up? <laughs> you know, I don't even know where you were born. I was born on Staten Island. Born and raised in oh, New York City, baby. Oh, I was born so in the Bronx, jealous. baby. Oh, my God. You guys are borough guys. Right, oh, listen, no, he was listen. born in Westchester. No, I was born in the Bronx. They, he was born in the Bronx. He was there for like 20 minutes. He right, got out of the hospital. Right, he was in right, Westchester. Right, right. First they, of all, you're saying my mother only went through 20 minutes of labor? That's all it took. No, no 20 no, minutes no. after you were born. No, she, I got to tell you something. She pushed and pushed and pushed. She's and still back, pushing. And those days. Gersh, why don't you? They didn't have epidurals or the painkillers. No, they did. In those days. They knock the moms out. It seemed yeah, much it's better. Thalidomide. I guess yeah. you're right. All right, we got to get out. We got to take a break. Lenora, stick stick for stay with break. us. Stay, stay with us. All right, listen. I'm gonna start right in. You know what I'm going for, Lenore. I hope it's steak. No, you need a quality, <laughs> affordable dentist. Guy. Can I get a little dentist music? Because last time I saw a quality, affordable dentist. Joseph Lichter in Midwood. Before that, I go to those fancy guys in Brooklyn Heights. Yeah, you, you want to get like a Zoom teeth whitening thing? Zoom teeth whitening. Usually seven hundred dollars in Brooklyn Heights. I paid three ninety five at Joseph Lichter. Now I've been drinking coffee Up pretty much. And down both both parts of your teeth. All the right. whole the whole mouth. The entire jaw. Whole now mouth. I've been drinking a lot of coffee. Yeah. So I got a special deal with Lichter. Let me come in and get a little brush up. But if you're a Brooklyn Paper Radio listener, yeah. You mention, hey Joseph. Doctor, I'm a Brooklyn Paper Radio listener. Doctor L, can I get in on some of that? And he'll say yes, you can, but you got to take the first step. You got to call Doctor Joseph Lichter at seven one eight. He's not going to call you. <laughs> That's the best thing about Lichter. He's not one of those cold calling <laughs> bastards. Yeah. I got a call today, just as an aside, from a, a real estate broker out of the blue on my cell phone. Do you want to sell your house? What? Do Lichter's you? not. No. Lichter's you want to sell your teeth? Lichter's not going to do that. No. Lichter's not calling you up saying, hey, uh, buddy, I hear your teeth are getting dark. No. <laughs> so call Lichter, 718-339-7878. You set up an appointment, and then when you when you get that appointment, and they're not easy to get because he's cheap, 1420 yeah. Avenue P between East 14th and East 15th Streets in Midwood. Or you can visit him online at josephlichterdds.com. The nice thing about it, though, when you make the appointment, you're not waiting online. That's true. You know? Well, we're going to do my favorite Atlas spot, Gersh. You know why? Because why? it's the one with the big ending. I love Ooh, the big ending. I, right? I, I don't even go. know this one. Atlas Steakhouse offers a selection <laughs> of premium cuts aged on site for perfect texture and taste. Atlas Steakhouse has an extensive list of vintage wines. Expertly mixed cocktails. We turn the page. <laughs> you really... Uh, and signature appetizers guaranteed to stimulate your palate. Atlas Steakhouse, your choice cut state... Crafted <laughs> to a culinary yeah, masterpiece. No, the funny thing so is, you actually, st- you actually stand by Atlas, even though you're doing a lousy job. I'm doing a bad job. We have eaten at Atlas Steakhouse. We had a great night. I was there this weekend. They gave my wife a free, uh, free dessert because okay, it was her birthday. For the record, oh, Very the sweet. birthday, yes, birthday dessert, mm-hmm. birthday dessert. Get? So where is it? It was like a mix of everything. Where, where you know, is they it? Right, Melange. Where you is know. it? Atlas Steakhouse. Your choice, cut, crafted into a culinary masterpiece just for you, and. My best, the best part. You ready? Yeah. They have delightful desserts. Delightful. Each one sweeter than the last. How is that humanly possible? <laughs> it's no, possible. It's not, you know why? Because it's Atlas Steakhouse. Atlas Steakhouse, a completely unique the, dining the experience. The final dessert is doused in sugar. <laughs> 943 <laughs> Coney Island Avenue. And they put on syrup. They just take it. They pour <laughs> right, it down right, your throat. Right.
The last one's a little hard to get down. 943 Coney Island Avenue, an up and coming Ditmas Park. Find them online. At Life Atlas of Ditmas Desserts. <laughs> Alright, we're not getting any younger. No. So I'm going to tell you about Village Care Max. It's a Medicaid managed right. long term <laughs> plan that helps you stay at home. Because you, when you're sexy like me, Lenore, you want to stay at home. Of course, you don't want to end <laughs> up in Someone some, wants to stay at home with you. You don't want to be in a group home where there's no privacy to do the stuff you want to do. No. no. So you call Village Care Max. And they'll work with your doctor, they'll work with your health appointments, they'll monitor, they'll organize, they're going to do all that stuff mm-hmm. so you can stay in your house. In yeah, your house. I don't want someone else telling me what to watch on television. That's right. <laughs> Change the channel. Oh, Change it. You want to hear that? I don't want to hear that. if I'm going to be 75, and I think I am going to be, and I'm making love I to a beautiful so. 75-year-old no. woman, mm-hmm. I don't want to do it at a nursing home. No. No. Okay. So, call Village Care Max at 800 469 6292 or you can visit Village Care Max at villagecaremax.org. Village Care Max, for the life you want to live and the people you want to have sex with in your home when you're 75. That's, Let me just ask you a question. Don't you think there's, there's more? <laughs> they, they've changed their... There's a little, there's a little change to how, <laughs> right, they, right, right. how they want to we be. we got to make it a little sexier. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> What's your question, Lenore? Go. My question is, if you went to a nursing home, and not that I don't think Village Max is the greatest, greatest option, but wouldn't you have a lot more choices of 75-year-old women? Yeah, I know, but, but the privacy. No. Well, the beautiful thing about about this is you can go to any nursing home you want. You can go to that and pick the But one at the end of the want. day, right, you bring them back to <laughs> your uh-huh. place. Yeah, hey, hon. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah, no, when I was a kid growing up on Staten Island, I lived at home for a long time, and it yeah. was very difficult to get people, you know, because you're home with the To get 75-year-olds home yeah, you with know. you. Yeah. you got to get your own place. Right. You think you could bag a 75-year-old? Who, right, me or Lenore? Right, right, no, right, 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 right. Together? Because you're a handsome man. Right, right. Lenore, you don't know, one of the subtexts of this show is I'm obviously very straight, but Vince is a handsome man, and I can there acknowledge that. Subtext. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a subtext. Yeah. I, think, I think if we, if we hit a nursing home... <laughs> That's what home, makes it so vital. Right? If we went to, like, the Odd Fellows home right now in the Bronx, mm-hmm. we would both walk out of there with, with women on our arms. <laughs> one of them would be in a walker. So what are you doing here? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Why do we waste our time? Village Care Max. Well, anyway, right, I'm done so with that's this. our sponsors. We want to thank them again, obviously. Village Care Max, Atlas Steakhouse, and the, enorm- and the immortal Joseph Lichter DDS. <laughs> we have three exciting minutes, and what we always allow our guests to do, Lenore, is plug something. Plug. Oh, so my God. you have, like, three minutes. Well, let's give you two and a half minutes to plug away. What do you got? What's going on Actually, in the okay, world? Actually, I got a fun thing coming out. Hopefully okay. tomorrow. I also write for Reason.com. Yeah, no, I, put that, I put that in the story today. Oh, okay. So um, I have my 10 worst um, free-range moments of the year coming out. Uh-oh. Actually, there's 11 because I couldn't choose. In your um, personal life or in, or in, in the world? In the well, actually, in the country. What was the so worst? Worst free-range moment? Um, yeah. My favorite one was, a, I can't remember, it's, a, it's a, a Albany, not New York, Albany, Ohio, New Albany, Ohio. The police chief uh, went on record as saying that the age he thinks that children should be allowed to go outside on their own to walk someplace or walk to the park or walk to school, which is... In, in New Albany, Ohio? New Albany. New Albany, Ohio. I believe it's Named Albany. for Albany, New York. Right, New Albanese. Okay, so anyway, I think Sal he probably said... Sal Albanese. <laughs> it all fits together. He probably yeah. said 16. He did. Yeah, that's crazy. Wow. Yeah. If you're not if you're right, not right, walking right. around in New Albany, Ohio at 8, you're making a big yeah, mistake. Yeah, yeah, you'll never get out alive. Right, yeah. right, right. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, you're in trouble. Um, and true. another moment uh, was a mom who let her kids wait in the car for, everyone agrees, three to five minutes. And she was six months pregnant. She was arrested thrown in jail lock and the, the police there lock her up the lock police there explained that i could understand if you were just leave you know like opening the car door and and exiting the car but to abandon your children is another story i don't know when i was a kid my ki- parents would let oh, me in the car me? for like 10 minutes they'd go and do shopping I right 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 there. nothing wrong with that they let us in the car and they didn't put seat belts on us and we just you know, rolled seat around belts in the back are seat. good i like seat belts but because seat belts don't change the fact that you're going somewhere but if your parents want you to wait in the car while they pick up the pizza or get the dry cleaning i don't think that's a crime and yet i have 10 pages of people have written to me saying i got arrested for this so it wow. is a crime I gotta say, Lenore Skenazy, rhymes with crazy, has come up with a niche because <laughs> now you can niche, you can right? view the whole world through this prism. It's so true. Right. And you can sell an article to Reason.org mm-hmm. or Reason.com. Reason.com. Yeah. You uh, can sell articles to Vince's Brooklyn Paper.com. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, although those are about scorpions. Okay. Exclusively. But, but the point is now <laughs> right, moving forward, right. that's all we're doing. <laughs> right. And and then all you can come on a radio time. show and tell me that I'm a bad parent to my face. Right. Right. Fantastic. Uh, actually, a bad dad. 
Oh, so, yeah. Yeah, because yeah, you're right. But, All right, yeah. we got to get out. I want to thank everybody, because, Vince, you know me. We had a lot of people. It was jam-packed. Right. We had Lenore Skenazy live in studio, Rhymes with Crazy. Right. Yep. We had Greg Smith from the Daily News, a, a top award-winning... He was great. I know, was top award-winning uh, reporter. And, of course, we had future mayor of the city of <laughs> New York, Sal Albanese. Albanese. So <laughs> I would be remiss if I didn't thank Jimmy, our producer, and our advertisers at Atlas Steakhouse. Joseph Lichter DDS and of course Village Caramax to live and have sex all long all your life all long. long day. and right. I'm Gersh right. Kuzman of the Daily News along with Vince DiMasselli and Lenore Scanese wow formerly of the Daily News Thank great you. show everybody Vince handsome man let's go get some pizza let's do it steak see you next week